The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. And yes, that goes for you guys in the chat room who don't seem to get it. But uh, hopefully, the Lord's going to open your eyes with the things that we've got going that I'm going to let you hear right out of uh, President Trump's mouth uh, here in a moment. And then we're going to compare them to Scripture as to what that says. Okay, uh, so if you'd like to call in and you want to correct me, you're welcome to do so. Okay, the number's right there at the bottom of your screen for you guys listening by Red State Talk Radio, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. You're welcome to do that. We'll have a discussion. I'm not going to shout you down. I'm not going to cut you off unless you try to talk over me. Uh, I won't talk over you. We'll we'll have a discussion. Um, but we're going to get to that in just a moment. And I am without my note card. I'm moving some stuff around, changing some stuff, and uh, my hard drive <laughs> got a connection. I'm had, I've had to move some things. So with that said, uh, I can't get my some of my notes up that I wanted to have up that I had last night. So we're going to just wing it and do the best we can with it uh, this morning. Now, what I want to address is something that... I hate to address it. I, I really do. But the fact of the matter is, is that for some reason, if a politician that people idolize says Jesus Christ, that's enough to make him Christian. Okay? That's enough to make him Christian. It doesn't matter if he gets the gospel right. It doesn't matter if he's repented of his sins. It doesn't matter if he bears good fruit. What matters is is that he holds up a Bible that he can't quote to you a verse from or that he says the name Jesus Christ. Let me give you an example. This was earlier this week. Not this week. I believe this was over the weekend or maybe last week. This is President Trump um, making a statement And I want you to notice the irreverence that he has. He refers to God as the boss. Okay? The irreverence that he has when he speaks about this. This runs about a minute. I want you to pay close attention. Masks, no masks, everything. You can do all you want. But, you know, you still need help from the boss. We need help from the boss. That's what happened. We need help. Yeah, 
we need help. It's all right to say. Now, they'll criticize me for that. How dare he say that? How dare he say that? No, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. Somebody said to me the other day, you're the most famous person in the world by far. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. They said, yes, you are. I said, no. They said, who's more famous? I said, Jesus Christ. I'm not taking any chances. I'm not going to have an argument. Hey, I'm not having any arguments. Jesus Christ. I'm not going to take any chances. No chances. I'm not taking any chances. Now, here's the thing. You guys who are in the chat room saying this is all you got. Nope. Got a lot more. And it's going to get worse as we go along. Okay. So if you guys want to sit there and bat it around, the number's 215-TOP-TALK. 215-867-8255. Glad to hear from you. Even if you disagree with me, give me a call, okay? I want to show you what I'm talking about. Now, here you'll notice he mentions Jesus Christ more famous. No big deal. You know, there is, there is a, such a thing as demon faith, if you will. For instance, in James chapter 2, verse 19, we are told, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Let that sink in, modern professed Christian. The devils believe, but they go a little further than just believing that there's a God. They they believe to the point that they tremble before that God. Did that look like any trembling? Did that look like any fear of God? No, it didn't look like it for me either. Let me let me go a little step further. Here is Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Then he came down to Capernaum. This is Jesus, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying... Now, understand, this is in the synagogue. All right, this isn't outside the church, so to speak. This is in the synagogue. There was a man who had an unclean spirit, or spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? So he, the demon obviously recognizes this as Jesus of Nazareth. He says, Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Okay. So even the demons recognize Jesus. So just because somebody says, oh, Jesus is, is, the, is more famous than I am, this is not some semblance that you should take with any comfort to it. Okay? Got the Trump toadies in there today. Great to see you guys, though. Appreciate your support. Every time you post stuff uh, and, and type in here, we appreciate uh, what you have to do. I didn't say that, Stephen. Pay attention to what I say, not what I don't say. I didn't say Trump was a demon. I said demons recognize these things. Now, there's there's other things here, too. Now, you guys have heard my show. If you haven't heard it, you can go on the YouTube channel. You can put in Mark, Mark of the Beast, okay? And in that, you can uh, take and you can pull up Mark of the Beast, and you'll see what I think on that and how I interpret that in the first century. And then how I see that you apply, you can apply that through history. 
And one of the things I want to do is I want to go to the first part of that chapter. And I think if you guys have not seen Chuck Baldwin's message on this, um, of a beastly system, then you really ought to watch it. You really ought to watch it because he takes the passage and walks right down with it. I do not believe Donald Trump is Revelation 13. I'm just going to tell you that, okay? But there's an application I will draw from it, and I want to just read that, and then I want to go through some of the things that he has said and show it to you, okay? So hang on. All right, this is from Revelation 13. We're told, I, and I, I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wounds were healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? Now I want you to keep this idea of the dragon in mind, because we're going to hit that in just a little bit. And if you go back into Revelation 12, you'll see that it's a great red dragon. This is none other than Satan himself. And verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. It was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given uh, him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And then it says this. If any man have an ear, let him hear. And that's what I say to you, Paula, um, and others like you who are commenting in the chat, that if you have an ear, listen, hear what's being said. Now, here's what I want to throw at you. The gospel is very simple. It really is. A child can understand it. Jesus was promised from the beginning in the garden to be the one to crush the, the serpent under his foot. God said that the seed of the woman would come, he would crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent was, would bruise his heel. Okay, That's what it says. We know that Jesus came thousands of years later on the scene, and he did just that. And how did he do that? Well, he did it in dying for the sins of men, being buried and rose again. Now, there are a lot of things, and I don't know if this is in the mind of what's being purported or not. But we have this imagery that uh, Trump gets sick. He goes in the hospital for three days, and he comes out, and he's all better. He's stronger than ever. I don't want to tie that necessarily to this, but I do see some imagery that goes on 33 days before the election. He supposedly gets COVID, even though he's been taking the miracle drug that he's been, been promoting for how long? How long has he been promoting hydroxychloroquine and zinc and was taking it, and yet he still got it, allegedly? You can believe if he got it if you want. And that he all of a sudden is taking an experimental drug. You're going to use an experimental drug on the President of the United States, really? All right, sheep. If you want to believe that, you go ahead and believe it. Right? But I want you to know he uses he speaks great blasphemies. Now, 
to refer to God in this kind of nonchalant way of, I agree, I don't think he he had COVID at all. In this nonchalant way, he's the boss. Um, Tells me the man knows no fear of God. Okay. Now, before I get into some of the video clips that I'm going to play for you to show you what's really coming out of his heart. Because Jesus said, out of, the, out, of the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And out of the heart come all of the, the things that make the man unclean, whether adulteries or fornications or thefts or murders or any of these other kinds of things. They come from the heart. Okay? So, <clears throat> I want to start off with a, um, a little piece here from a lady by the name of Susan Wright. Now, I, I read it the other day. And I thought, you know, this this kind of gets to what I've put here. I'm a loon. Okay, you know, guys in the chat, you do know that just calling me names is like a logical fallacy, right? It's called ad hominem. So if you've got something to disprove what I'm showing you and what I, what President Trump says with his own mouth, then please give us a call. Happy to hear from you. The number's at the bottom of the screen. But I'm not expecting that from people who can't do anything but call names. <laughs> All right, so here is um, her piece, and I'll have this linked up in the archive. She wrote this on October 13th, and I think it's important. I think she points out some some good things, and then I'm going to follow it up with the actual evidence of what's going on here. Now, here's what she says. I have sounded this alarm before, and it's time to sound it again. The American church is fast proving to be the lukewarm church, and that's exactly what's going on, and without major revival and a change of heart. That's repent. Actually, the the repentance is a change of mind. Um, the what you think about God, His law, about the Christ, and how you respond to that. I fear many will find themselves destitute and castaways in the soon coming days of heavy trial. The central truth American Christians need to remember as they carry their Sunday morning worship worship into Monday through Saturday grind is that our God is not a God of compromise. He's not the God of the deal. Let me put it that way. His word is eternal, and the teachings of Jesus Christ, while heavily devoted to love, truth, and forgiveness, never made room for sin, which is violation of the law. Okay? While heavily, excuse me, he never bent his principles for the sake of winning elections. His focus was always for the good of the kingdom of God. Last week, we saw more evidence of President Donald Trump's irreverence as well as the cultish atmosphere created by his enablers. And that's what they are, is enablers. Okay? I've been slammed so hard by Trump supporters for so long that I can tell you exactly what their next line of offense is going to be even before they utter it. So can I. They have a well-worn script, and the tribe mandates that there be no straying into the field of self-awareness or anything resembling reasoned discussion. For those who claim to be Christian, the alarming reality is that they feel the Republican Party is the quote-unquote Christian Party, and that voting the GOP line, the Trump line, is the same as giving honor to God. And let me clarify something. Neither is the Democrat Party. It's not the Christian Party either, and it's just, it's even worse anti-Christian. It's open anti-Christian with it. I mean, just mask off. She says that the GOP party is, it only honors corrupt man. 
I spent far too much time in the past few days attempting to appeal to whatever grains of spiritual conscience may still remain in the members of Trump's faithful congregation. The prevailing rhetoric is that Jesus hung out with sinners, so to expect a level of holiness from anyone was quote-unquote judging. Come on. You know better than that because all of you in the chat room who would say, yep, you are judging them. Well, you're making judgments against me. What makes you any different than what you're claiming you're arguing against? Except the Bible says that we're to judge with righteous judgment. How do we do that? The standard is the Word of God. Ms. Wright continues, This is the mantra they use to comfort themselves. They've convinced themselves that they are the righteous and upright because they're willing to give a wink and a nudge to Trump's corruption, adultery, profanity, and abusiveness. He is simultaneously deeply flawed, but God's chosen one. And yes, I know God often used the flawed. He did. In fact, there is no other man that he can use except flawed men. Okay? I know Jesus ate with sinners, but the part Trump's congregation forget is that those Jesus mingled with were changed. They didn't remain in their sin. They were changed. His healing and forgiveness came with a warning, go and sin no more. For those touched by Christ, they were changed. For those who found his teaching too hard or impractical, they remained in their sin. So has Donald Trump changed in any way since evangelicals have decided to treat him as God's representative for America? He has, but not for the better. He has been emboldened by their unwavering support to give free reign to his worst impulses. While that should give us plenty to worry about, especially as we uh, contemplate the possibility of another four years of this madness, the spiritual warning signs should be keeping those of us with discernment up at night. At the very least, those who are clinging to the Trump train, yet still claim some form of piety, should feel their senses pricked by both the nuanced and overt decorations coming from the president's camp. There have been a multitude of occasions where President Trump has exalted himself, giving himself praise and honor that only belongs to Jesus Christ. A few months back, he referred to himself as the King of the Jews. I don't think that's exactly what he referred to himself as. He referred to himself as the King of Israel, the second coming of God. That's the tweet. That's President Trump's tweet. And by the way, that wasn't a retweet. What he did was he typed this out. Wayne Allen Root, I saw the the video clip from, I guess it was his radio show, where he said this. And apparently Donald Trump was listening to Wayne Allen Root and thought it good enough to say, and what did he have to say when he said all this? He said, wow, wow. This is what Donald Trump did. For those wondering, that was the sign Pontius Pilate had nailed to the cross over Jesus' head. Again, I don't think he said king of the Jews. He said king of Israel. He, he tweeted that out. But her point is nevertheless the same. Okay. The sign that was hung over Pontius Pilate, or the, that was the sign Pontius Pilate had nailed over the cross, nailed to the cross over Jesus' head, and as he gave his life for the salvation of the world. Interesting though, you know, we uh, I'm going to get I'm going to get ahead of myself because I have several things that I want to I wanted to play. Um one of them was that Jesus here when she makes mention of this, he purchased the church with his own blood. He gave his blood to redeem the church. Um for Donald Trump, let me see. I got another one here. And I thought I had the clip here maybe. Nope, I don't have it here. 
okay. That's my fault. Uh, I thought I had this pulled up. Uh, we have the clip where Donald Trump talks about giving of his blood, his plasma, um, in order to save a lot of people. This whole idea of a COVID deal. Okay. Anyway, I had that pulled up and I don't know what happened to it. So I apologize. I had that here as well. Ms. Wright continues that a corrupt, adulterous politician could so blithely claim the title and still have Christians celebrating him is a stunning show of sacrilege. No, it's a show of spiritual ignorance and blindness of people who don't know the Word of God. They don't know the Word of God. He has casually discussed the massive ego of Jesus Christ in a Playboy article of all places. And yet the Bible tells us that Jesus made himself of no reputation, the book of Philippians records. Jesus came from heavenly royalty to be born in a lowly manger. <clears throat> and you see the Trump idolaters say, oh, well, Trump left all this to do this. We're going to get to some of that in just a minute as to why. Then give up his life on a criminal's cross in order to save the souls of those who did not know or love him. That's pretty much the opposite of ego. I agree it is. He has referred to himself as the one. He routinely uses the Lord's name in vain during his campaign rallies, along with a few other choice words, and the professed Christians say, oh, that's okay. That's okay. He's just a flawed man. Is he intimating that he is God? Not in the literal sense. He would have to believe in God first. Michael Cohen, and I look, you can think what you want to about Michael Cohen, but he was Trump's, you know, fixer, personal attorney for years. And Trump just threw him under the bus. It's interesting how those friends of Trump, he just lets get thrown under the bus. Released a tell-all memoir. He was the man who once claimed to be willing to take a bullet for Trump. He describes how easy it is to fall into a cult mindset around Trump, admitting that that's where he was, much to the chagrin of his family. And I've heard the interview. One of them was this with this guy, Seth, uh, I forget what he is, a late show or something like that. It was very interesting to have this guy sit here and tell what his mindset was with Donald Trump. In the book, Cohen take, takes time to go into detail about how Trump publicly appeals to the evangelical crowd, but publicly scoffs at their beliefs. How do you like that, Christians? Professed Christians? Uh, you know what, Victoria? It's not... Uh, just hang in there with me, okay? Because if you have the idea that the, that the Antichrist is this ugly, monstrous, uh, horned devil you know, that's eating babies and whatever is your thinking of Antichrist, you don't know what it is. Scripture's very clear on what Antichrist is. Read First John and Second John. An Antichrist is anybody who denies that Jesus or God has come in the flesh and they carry the doctrine that's been given in the gospel. I can name two major religions who hold to that. Islam and Judaism, doesn't matter what, what stripe of it you get, they deny this. Okay? It goes to, um, they and their religion are nothing more than useful tools, tools to achieve his own gains. 
Again, I'm going to get to some video uh, clips in just a moment of what we're talking about. Miss Wright goes, and no, he's not a baby Christian, suggesting that he's going through a period of regeneration and spiritual maturing. He's not a Christian at all. Now, how can, how can she say that? Well, I'll show you in just a moment. I'll remind you of what he himself has said. Last week, several alarming issues were raised, and it has become important uh, to, once again, point out to those who will hear just how far removed from Christ Donald Trump is and how continued support of him by the Christian community is causing untold damage to their witness. Even more so, the struggle is proving not to be between warring political factions, but between heaven and hell, with the American evangelical community so void of discernment that the great falling away seems to be upon us. We'll start with the small issues. And by small, I mean small in worldly terms, but weighty in spiritual matters. The New York Times was successful in getting years' worth of Trump's income tax returns. Now, this is something you're not going to hear on, on either the left or the right the way she frames it. Okay, You're just not going to hear it. Trump plays himself up as a grand and successful businessman, but in reality, he kept his business ventures afloat for years by siphoning off his father's fortune. And if you remember when we covered Trump in the 90s and the bankers bailed him out, that's where they owned him, right there in the 90s. Because he was so he was billions of dollars by his own decoration, billions of dollars in debt above what he had assets to cover. And they bailed him out, and they said, he's worth more to us, alive than dead. He is a promoter. They didn't think he was a CEO at all. They said he was a promoter. But she continues, he even attempted to have his father's will changed in order to cut out his siblings and take their share of the inheritance. After his father was no longer around, Donald took over. He had many businesses simply go bankrupt. So what do his taxes show? He owes a lot, and the bill is coming due very soon. Quote, One eye-catching takeaway from the deep look into Trump's strenuously shielded tax filings is that Trump loses a lot of money. Like a lot. He loses millions at his prized foreign and U.S. golf properties. The Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., and many of the roughly 500 entities that make up the Trump organization. The Times also details how Trump used those deep red losses to avoid paying federal income tax. Now you say, well, he, he paid millions of dollars. Just hang on. You're going to see what, how that plays out. At least in the U.S., there was a two-year period in which he made too much money to avoid paying taxes thanks to his share in NBC's The Apprentice. But he then filed for a refund. Okay? Got that? He paid it, but then he filed for a refund when the opportunity presented itself after the 2008 financial meltdown. That's $72.9 million in refunded taxes plus interest and under audit is under audit and has been for years, the Times reports. Trump paid just $750 in federal income tax in both 2016 and 2017, the most recent years in the data the Times obtained. Now, I'm going to tell you, um, I think the income tax is a moral tax. I'm not going to, I mean, I just, I think it is. And I think the Supreme Court has ruled this is if you make a profit. This is not if you are working and you trade hours for money. That is not considered income by the, even the Supreme Court and their understanding of things. But here it is, okay? He's boasted of avoiding taxes and his supporters have cheered him on even as they struggle to pay their own. Isn't that interesting? 
Still, having this debt hanging over his head has become a critical issue. But the newly obtained tax records show that Mr. Trump has once again done what he says he regrets. Looking back on his early 1990s meltdown, personally guaranteed hundreds of millions and really should be billions of dollars in loans, a decision that led his lenders to threaten to force him into personal bankruptcy, the Times reported Sunday. And we pay, we, we've played these guys and what they said about it. We played the actual video and the audio of where these, these bankers came in and, and they were saying, we, we've got to do something about this. This time around, he is personally responsible for loans and other debts totaling $421 million, with most of it coming due within four years. Should he win re-election, his lenders could be placed in the unprecedented position of weighing whether to foreclose on a sitting president. They're not going to do that because they're using him. I'm very uninformed to say the least. Okay, Brenda, the number's 215-TALK-TALK. Give me a call. Correct me. Inform me. I'm asking for your help here. All right. Yeah, you know what, Victoria? He's not the one on the street doing all that. He's the one facilitating it. You don't see him doing what he's commanded to do and given authority to do in the Constitution to put down those insurrectionists in the big cities. He just points the finger and says, look at these bad guys. Look at these. He doesn't call up the militia to deal with them. He's facilitating it. I don't know why people can't open their eyes. I guess if you just say that person's bad over there and you have authority to stop them, but you don't, you're the good guy. Okay? Along with more than $300 million in loans coming due in the next four years for which he is personally responsible, uh, Trump might have to pay back the federal government more than $100 million. He'll never pay more than $100 million. They'll settle that a lot less than that, including interest and penalties if the IRS determines he improperly obtained the $72.9 million tax rebate. Trump also or has valuable assets he might be able to sell, but really doesn't want to. But he also currently serves as the top executive of the same federal government that includes the IRS and America's federal prosecutors. Now, you people who think, well, he gives up his salary. Okay, let me ask you something. Would you give up $1.6 million in four years if you could control whether or not you got to keep $72.9 million or with taxes and interest over $100 million? That seems like a... Smart move, right? Because he's controlling all of that. Don't think he's not. And then she references Romans thirteen seven: Pay to all what is due, tax to whom taxes due, customs to whom customs, respect to whom respect, honor to whom honor. Psalm thirty seven twenty one: The wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and kind and gives. She goes on with another one, and I love her her comment on this. And then we're going to get to some clips. This comes from Eric Trump. Now, Eric, what can you say? This guy is a showman, too. Okay? According to younger Trump, his father, coarse and perverse as he is, literally saved Christianity during a North Dakota radio broadcast. Eric Trump told What's Your Mind host Scott Hennon in remarks first highlighted on CNN, he's literally saved Christianity. No, he hasn't. No man saves Christianity. Christianity is not in danger, folks. Jesus Christ is on the throne. He is subduing all of his enemies under his feet. And just because professed Christians are too wimpy to stand up with the real gospel and proclaim it to the people and call them to repentance doesn't mean Christianity is in any danger. It's not. In fact, 
Look, as much as I would hate to go through persecution, the fact of the matter is, it was Tertullian who said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The same thing happens when we talk about uh, the, the blood of tyrants and patriots. Water the tree of liberty. It's the same kind of concept. Christianity is not in danger, and it certainly doesn't need a person like Donald Trump to save it. You are sorely under a delusion if you believe such nonsense. Here's Eric Trump. I mean, there's a full-out war on faith in this country by the other side. Yeah, well, there's one by this side, too, by not upholding real Christianity, holding up a false Christianity. And I'm going to show you the falseness of it in just a moment from Donald Trump's own mouth. The Democrat Party, the far left, has become the party of the atheists. No, they're not atheists. They're not atheists at all. The Bible says there is no atheists. Read Romans 1. All men know there is a God, but they choose not to honor him. They're rebellious creatures. That's what they are. And they want to attack Christianity. This is Eric Trump. They want to close churches. Yeah, and your dad continues to let them violate the Constitution in doing that. They're totally fine keeping liquor stores open. Yeah, and your dad's just fine with that. <laughs> they keep the liquor stores open. They want to close the churches. But you don't see Donald Trump's DOJ going after them. I mean, yeah, they gave them a little letter. Hey, you know, you need to clear yourself up. They're not doing anything about it. They're facilitating it. This is what I'm talking about. Talk is not what his job is about. His job is to faith, make sure that the laws are faithfully executed. Article 2, Section 3. So here's the thing. Okay, so she goes on and she basically says a lot of the stuff that I've talked about. She's talked about the use of profanity. I mean, this happened just the other week. President Donald Trump had some choice words for Iran Friday, warning the Islamic Republic, if you F around with us. Now, look, if a president had said that 20 years ago, he would be out on his keister in the following election. People would not have put up with that kind of language. They just wouldn't have done it. He says, if you F around with us, if you do something bad to us, we're going to do things to you that have never been done before. And then sadly, here's Kevin Sorbo, you know, Hercules star, a guy from God's Not Dead and all this other stuff. He just has to chime in with it too. Raise your hand if you don't give a F. He says it's, not, it's unpresidential. Well, yeah, Kevin, it is. It's unchristian too. Miss Wright points out, Colossians 3.8. But now rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, which is abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. And Ephesians 5, 4, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, you know, grab them by the genitals, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. I, I'm going to put this up so you guys can watch it. Now, here's what, I, here's what I want to do. I want to take it right to the president's own mouth here, okay? There are people, and I've got to pull my, um, let me bring up what's going on here. There are people who think that Donald Trump is a Christian because somebody said he was a Christian. Somebody said he gave his heart to Jesus. Somebody said that he did whatever they think needs to happen except repent, and I want to remind you, this is old, but you have to be reminded. This is the gospel, which is no gospel, which the Apostle Paul says, if you hold to another gospel, 
which is not the gospel that I gave to you. You know what, Anthony? I didn't say anything about that. I'm talking about a person in the spirit of Antichrist. Get over your dispensationalism. I want you to listen. This right here is anti. This is the spirit of Antichrist in what Donald Trump says about the gospel. Listen very carefully. It's old, but you need to be reminded of it. Uh, people lined up for questions. I just got one more because you used the word Christian. Have you ever asked God for forgiveness? That's a tough question. I, I don't think in terms of I have. I'm, I'm a religious person. Shockingly, because people are so shocked when they find this out. Uh, I'm Protestant. I'm Presbyterian. And I go to church and I love God and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. The power of positive thinking. Everybody's heard of Norman and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. The power of positive thinking. Everybody's heard of Norman Vincent Peale. He was so great. He would give a sermon you never wanted to leave. Sometimes we have sermons, and every once in a while we think about leaving a little early, right, even though we're Christian. <laughs> Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, Frank, would give, a survey, would give a sermon. I'm telling you, I still remember his sermons. It was unbelievable. And what he would do is he'd bring real-life situations, modern-day situations, into the sermon. And you could listen to him all day long. When you left the church, you were disappointed that it was over. He was the greatest guy. And then... You know, he passed away, but he was a great... The, the, he wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, which is but, a great book. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think I, if, I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. Now, when I take, you know, when we go and church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed, okay? But, uh, you know, to me, that's important. I do that. But in terms of officially, I, should, I see, I could say absolutely, and everybody, I don't think in terms of that. I, I think in terms of let's go on and let's make... All right, so he doesn't bring God into this, okay? He doesn't bring God into this. This is this is key, folks. And for you people who can't read the title, I didn't say Trump is the Antichrist. I said the Antichrist nature of President Trump. If you don't know what that is, read First and Second John, and you'll see real clear if you have eyes to see, okay? Some have said, why aren't you dissecting Biden and Kamala Harris? We've done that, but the fact of the matter is you guys already know that. Why do you want to keep hearing the same thing that you're hearing when you're buying the lie from the Antichrist side that's in the GOP? Donald Trump just told you what gospel he believes. It is not the gospel of the New Testament. It is not a gospel that saves. Pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps does not save you. If it did, then why did God send his son, the Lord Jesus, to die in the place of sinners? Why are we told in the New Testament there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved? And you'll notice the clip that I played for you at the first where Trump says, Jesus is more famous than me. He didn't say Jesus is Lord. 
No, 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 no. If you hold to that, especially in the religions of the Kabbalah, a lot of his friends up there at Habad Lubavik in New York, you're an infidel. You deserve to get your head cut off. Okay? And you recall that the great sin, the really great sin of Satan was pride. I'll be like the Most High. I'll ascend to the hill. Right? Remember that? And this is what's going on. Um, there is uh, some, some more clips I want to play here quickly. We mentioned the fact that he claimed that he's the chosen one. Well, he has. And I showed you also the retweet of the king of, of Israel. Right? The second coming of God. And again, it wasn't a retweet. It was, he actually had to type that out because it came off a radio show. Wayne Allen Root. But here's what he says, and watch. He looks up to heaven when he does it. Somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning. See, see, here's the thing. Here's what's going on. Did you see the look up there? This thing, oh, where is my aura? Where's my halo kind of thing? This was this is this is what he's doing. This is the blasphemy. It goes further than that, though. Okay. Now, this is a guy that I recently found out about because um, he did ask uh, Kate Shimerani to come on this come on his show, which is uh, I think it's called Camelot TV. It's out of Great Britain. Now, this was in 2016. Right now, this guy, uh, from what Kate has said, thinks that Donald Trump is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Okay. I want you to listen to what they did for Donald Trump in 2016. I'm going to show you something very interesting, okay? This is uh, uh, John Mappin from, I think it's called Camelot TV, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because trust me. Here it goes. The politicians and this is really low for some reason. I don't know why. All of us, as citizens of the try to push Kingdom, it out there a little further. have been influenced to some degree by lobbyists. And politicians here don't necessarily do what is in the best interests of the voters. What Donald Trump has done is he has changed politics worldwide. In England now, people are starting to talk about electing politicians that are not so politically correct and are not being funded essentially by big business. This is a great freedom. And it's something that I know that King Arthur would be proud of. And tonight we have something very, very special for Mr. Trump. Everybody the world over has heard of the noble deeds of the Knights of the Round Table. These are historic. And these were deeds that were done really for the good of all mankind. And that's one of the reasons why King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table is so loved. What Mr. Trump has done in his recent campaign is he has broken the back of the mainstream media. He has demonstrated that anybody can put their argument forward and say what it is that is on their mind. It's a great victory for freedom of speech. And to that end, we would like to present Mr. Trump with an award an award that goes back generations in time. 
it is very, very rarely awarded. It comes deep from the heart of the Camelot and Excalibur legend. The colours of Camelot Castle, or the arms, are flown above our battlements every day. They symbolise truth, freedom, and in many ways, the American dream. Because without the ability to think for oneself, without the ability to be politically incorrect, none of us have true freedom. What Donald Trump has done is raised a standard above the battlements of the United States of America. Knighthoods have been awarded through the centuries for the most noble of deeds. And this round table is a testimony. The 24 knights that sat at this table each had done deeds to deserve their seat at the table. Tonight, it is our greatest of honours to award a Camelot Castle knighthood to Donald Trump. So from this day forth, Donald Trump shall be known at Camelot Castle as Sir Donald Trump of Camelot. Okay, so Donald Trump is Sir Donald Trump of Camelot. And let me show you this. I'm going to take this call uh, from Joni in just a second. This is the symbol um, of that knighthood around that. Remember Revelation 12, the great red dragon? This is the symbol of Sir Donald Trump around the round table. Now, they claim that, oh, the dragon is um, of King Arthur was to remind them of their allegiance to their king. Why a red dragon wrapped around a cross to show your allegiance to your king? Huh? What's that all about? That's the symbol for what John Mappin just said about Donald Trump being knighted. Okay? Now, with that said, I've got Joni calling in, and uh, let's bring her on the line. Joni, are you there? I'm here, Tim. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I need a barf bucket. <laughs> okay. After listening to that, I just have to have a barf bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but Trump is the finest thing from a man of God or a man of Christ that you could possibly get bar Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Dahmer, and all this other. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I, I don't know how he has been able to snow everybody. And then for them to say, well, he's decimated the media. He ain't done anything to the media. <laughs> They're still pumping out propaganda every day. Sure they are. It, it is just absolutely barf-worthy. It, it is. I just can't believe that people are just this snowed. I, I really can't. It's unconscionable to me. People have took their brain out of their head and stuck it where the sun don't shine. Uh, well, I agree, I agree they have. And, you know, there are a lot of people in the uh, in the chat who are, uh, especially on Facebook, who are saying some of this kind of stuff with, um, 
Yeah, I don't think it's an in, let me uh, Cynthia, I don't think it's an inverted cross flag. I think it's a sword cuz I thought the same thing and then if you look carefully it looks like it's a sword. Um so I think that's what that is. I don't I don't know that it is it is the other. I think it's a sword cuz you look at the top it's pointed. Um I I agree, Joni. And you know I welcome you know you've heard people have heard uh dissenters call in who disagreed with me and I treat them fairly. I let mm-hmm. them have their peace, but the people who come in they call names Look, if I'm in the wrong, correct me of what I'm doing. But everybody goes to this thing. Well, who do you want for president? That's not what I'm even talking about here. I'm talking about what yeah, you're saying that's destroying, the, it's helping to destroy the church because there's a platform given. And all you people who say, well, God can use flawed men and this, that, and the other. Well, he used Barack Obama, too. And he used Bill Clinton, too, to do various things. Sometimes God uses those men for judgment. Sometimes he uses exactly, them to and that's what's going on now. Yeah. We are under judgment because we have become a reprobate people. We are murdering the unborn. We are giving credence to what God calls abominations. Yep. We are just absolutely the society and church is creating a God that makes them feel good and not a, the God that truly. Is. Because right. let me tell you, God can smack you down in a heartbeat. I mean, and He will. <laughs> so, and that that's what's going on. We are under terrible judgment, and they're looking at this man as if, well, he's going to do something. He's not going to do a thing. God's got to do it, and God uses people to do it. Sure he does. And He will use the church. He will use the church if the church will repent and say, mm. you know, we've been sitting back too long. We've been huddled down too long. We've got to get out, and we've got to say, no, you have to follow God's law first. Then you can follow the laws of man. And when they conflict, the law of God reigns supreme. That's just the way it is. Mm. And we're never going to get back our freedom, our liberty, or or our way of life until we do that. It's just the way it is. And it may be that we have to fall. We have to be knocked down and taken down to understand what God is trying to tell us. And that's what it's going to take for some people. They're just going to have to be knocked down into the floor. Yeah. And have to. They're, they're going to be so low they can't even grab their bootstraps. They're going to have to grab something else that's going to have to be God. And until people get that through their head, we're, we're going to suffer through judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. That's true. Joni, I appreciate the call. i got one more clip that I want to play here, and I uh, appreciate you sure. coming in and, and giving your comments there. All right. Thanks, Tim. Okay. Thank you, Joni. All right. Always good to hear from you. And uh, Joni is a contributor over at Sons of Liberty Media. If you want to check out her writing, uh, Suzanne Hamner is the pen name that she uses there. You can check that on sonsoflibertymedia.com. There's another thing I want to give you. This is kind of an, again, again, uh, <laughs> Andrew, um, you have to bring more than a logical fallacy to the fight here. If you're going to, if you've got something that you want to correct me on, correct me, but uh, you got to bring something more than that. We're going to run out of time probably, so I'm probably going to go over just a little bit, not a long time, but just a little bit. This is from a deposition uh, regarding um, the Trump University. Now, I want you to to listen at the the conniving and the, the twisting of the language here uh, with what's going on. Again, this is from... Uh, this is a clip from the deposition uh, that Trump had. This isn't him in a light. You're not going to see him in usually, but it gives you insight into how 
he manipulates things. Okay, here we go, Donald Trump. This is when John Carl's asking you about your past praise for uh, certain individuals. The first one he mentions is your past praise of Jeb Bush, of whom you said he is exactly the kind of political leader this country needs now. When, when was this? What year was this? This is this year. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is this interview is this year. The quote he's referring to is from years past. From years past. Yeah, well, that's right. Okay. He is exactly the kind of political leader this country needs now, and we very much need in the future. But when was the quote? How many years ago? We'll get to that. He's bright, tough, and principled. Okay. Uh, and Mr. Carl goes on to say, and not just Jeb Bush. Of Hillary Clinton, you said, just in 2012. Hey, can I ask you a question? What's, what's the relevance of this? I'll get to it. She well, don't terrific, answer any questions. She's a terrific this person, is... works hard, and I think she does a good this... job. Now, the reason that he's asking this question is because he had just asked Donald Trump about his instructors at the university, and Trump said, oh, they're great instructors, they're good instructors, the greatest instructor, you know, you know his, his language that he uses. And then when he was asked, well, can you name any of them? Can you name the students? Do you know any? Well, no, I don't know any of them. They just told me they were good. So he's, he's putting this to his credibility about what he says when he says something, okay? Uh, George Pataki, you said... Uh, was the most underrated guy in American politics. Uh, Rick Perry, you said, is a very effective governor. Texas is like, lucky to have him. And then Mr. Carolina say, now you've declared, you've declared Hillary the worst secretary of state ever, Pataki the worst governor of New York ever, and you said Rick Perry's too dumb maybe to be in the debate. And your response to all that was, a very simple answer to that, I was a businessman all my life. I've made a tremendous fortune. I had to deal with politicians, and I would contribute to them, and I would deal with them, and certainly I'm not going to say bad things about people because I needed their support to get projects done. I needed their support for lots of things, or I may have needed their support, put another way. I mean, you're not going to say horrible things and then go in a year later and say, listen, can I have your support for this project or this development or this business? So I say nice about almost everybody, and I contributed to people because I was a smart businessman. I, I've built a tremendous company, and I did that based on relationships. Okay, guys, I'm going to have to close out the show here for you guys at Red State Talk Radio. If you want to pick up, we're only going to go a few minutes over today. Just know this. If he will do this with politicians, what's he doing to you, church? Is he using you for his ends until he's ready to do something else? Just keep that in mind. That's all I'm saying. Tomorrow, we'll be back with Lynn Taylor, Common Core Diva, right into the core Wednesday on Sons of Liberty. See ya. All right, and for those who are joining us now from Red State Talk Radio, I want to say welcome on YouTube and and Facebook and DLive and wherever else we're at, Periscope and all those others. uh, Welcome to the show um, on the video portion. And let me play just the, the rest of this, and I think I've got one more clip that I want to add from uh, Trump that I've got pulled up. And I'm going to have some other ones that I'm going to add that I'm just not, I don't have time to get into, but some of it goes to the issue of the Kabbalah and what he really is. And this is from years past, uh, what he has, has said about that himself. So let me finish with this, and you'll get the idea of using people for his advantage uh, until it's not useful anymore is that the response you gave an accurate explanation for why you had said nice things about these folks in the past and now 
are expressing different views. I don't think I should have to answer this. I, I think mean, this is so far off base. It's just a filibuster. That's what you do. It's not a filibuster. It's a filibuster. It's what, what, I'm getting what does at this is, have to do with what you're doing what, here? What I'm getting at is you said in your explanation here that you had a, a business reason for complimenting these folks in the past, correct? I'm instructing I, I don't think I, I should respond to out. this guy. Time out. I'm instructing just you to not to answer. Up. I don't think it has anything remotely to do with the case. Please. You, Let's just go to court and you, get you, this case. You, I'm dying to go to court on this case. Trump, you've yeah. referenced a number of times your belief that students had praise for Trump University, correct? You can answer that question. Yeah, they have great praise for Trump University. And you had yourself praised people in the past because you felt that was necessary to get their help, correct? Supposed to answer that question? No, you don't have to answer. If, if it has anything to do with Exhibit 489, you don't, you're not allowed to answer it. Whether that's what's going 489 on? or not, you have given praise to people in the past because you thought you might need their help, correct? If if it doesn't have to do with this, it's a different question, I think. Unrelated to Exhibit 489, if you can answer the question, the question is vague and ambiguous. Have you given praise to people in the past Any because question? you felt you might need their help? For a deal in the future and it's incomplete yeah uh i think that generally i like to be as positive about people as i can and have generally you, i like and to. have you given praise for that reason even when you didn't sincerely believe the praise um question is vague ambiguous and yeah, overbroad. It's, it's, i mean do you have a specific instance and I'll yeah i do <laughs> not this <laughs> no it's ridiculous how this it's but, these are your words mr okay. trump but so, it's, it's a whole different world. So, Sorry, get a ruling from the judge. Sorry. He'll get a ruling from the judge. It's, it's fine. You asked me for a specific instance. Jason, I'm and, going and, to give you one. If you don't need a specific instance, no, just answer give the question. Me an, give me an instance that pertains to what we're talking about. What I'm asking you is, have you in the past given praise to someone because you may need their help for a deal, <laughs> even though you did not sincerely believe the praise you gave them. First of all, that's totally different from our lawsuit. Okay, that's a totally different thing. These people have given tremendous praise. Many of them have given tremendous praise for the course. So that's totally different from what you're talking about. Um, and almost everyone has signed a document, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I so look forward to having this case go to court. I, I've been waiting for it for a long time. Well, you're delaying this deposition. No, I'm sure. sure. I'm no, I don't mind delaying, and I'm just telling you, I, I look forward to answer. having it in court. No, no. And I look forward to having a nice long trial. I look forward to having a nice long trial. Okay, um, I think you get the point here. I look so uh, look forward to the answer this. Gotta, no. <laughs> gotta pause the video. I think you get the point. But what the guy's trying to get at is you're saying one thing to get a gain until that's no longer profitable for you, and then you move to the other other side. Um, you, remember, people. Again, this isn't about. I'm not trying to sway you in your vote. I'm trying to show you something that mainstream is not going to show you and those in alternative media who support Trump aren't going to show you. Okay? They're just not going to show it to you. They don't want to talk about this because all they can think is right-left paradigm. And you have heard, uh, you know, the Bible says that uh, something is uh, the woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And on some things, Donald Trump has called the evil for what it is, and that's a good thing. And then he's played this little word game here, like he's doing in this deposition. Oh, this doesn't matter that, that I was deceitful and said all these things where all these people are listening to me. 
you know, building these people up. Then he comes in to run for president and he's got to put on the mantra of the anti-left stuff. And so he says, crooked Hillary, right? Remember that? He promised you prosecution because she's, quote unquote, guilty as hell. He's promised you that. It's been four years. Nothing. But the carrot's still out there. If you'll just vote me back into office, I'll make sure I drain the swamp. No swamp's been drained, folks. It hasn't been drained. And I don't know why people can't see that. I I know there are people. Obviously, there's some people in the chat who, who see that. And there's some of you who listen who see that. But the fact of the matter is, it hasn't been drained. It's not going to be drained. And here's what I find most disturbing. Is among professed Christians, they talk about... He's our only hope. He's the only one who can save America. He's the only one between us and the communists. If you are of the mindset that a simple man, a creature, is your only hope, is your only savior, is your the, the only person between you and the devil, you are ripe for deception. You are ripe for deception. And you're under a strong delusion. You really are. You've left off the fact that when David went before the giant, he wasn't looking and saying, King Saul's our only hope. The armies of Israel are our only hope. He said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. I'm going to kill you where you stand, and I'm going to cut off your head and feed your carcass to the birds. He didn't look for man to be in there. He didn't look for man to be a savior. And um, again, you know, I ask you guys, if you wanted to call in, the phone lines are closed now, but if you wanted to call in, you can always do that. I'll talk to you just like I talked with Joni. And um, anytime, you're welcome to do that. Now, I think I went through the clips I have. Now, I have some more that I want, that I want to do, but I, I, want to keep, I want to keep this right here at the forefront. Some of you out there are of a dispensationalist stripe. And you think Antichrist is Revelation 13. It's not. Antichrist is only mentioned in First and Second John. That's all it's mentioned in the whole Bible. And people stick Antichrist in Second Thessalonians, and they stick it in Revelation. It's not there. The spirit of Antichrist might be, but there's no the Antichrist there. It's just not there. Okay? In fact, even in John, he takes it. You're hearing that the Antichrist is I'm telling you who's an Antichrist. There's many Antichrists now. And he tells you how you can distinguish that. So those of you calling the sons of liberty that, uh, hello, we're pointing right back to where the, what the scripture says. That's what, that's what our standard is. Um, yeah, Deborah, I agree. Um, she says, is where uh, folks think Donald Trump is the one who laid his body on the cross to give us freedom. He is not God. Jesus Christ is. I agree. I agree. And I don't think Donald Trump would just go so far as to just out and out. Maybe he would. He said he doesn't mind taking the title of the king of Israel and the second coming of God. So maybe he would go along with that. I don't know. But I know he's easily flattered and he likes the praise of men. And look, who doesn't? Who doesn't like that? Okay. We all like to be liked. But if the praise of men causes you to trample the truth, that's a problem. In fact, Jesus said that since if they hated him, they're going to hate his followers. 
Let me ask you something, professed Christian. Do they hate you? Do they really hate you? I know you see this WWE match, but pay attention that goes on in the political world and among the media and this and the other. But I want you to remember something. Go back. Just go back just a little bit. And go look at the clips from before. You know, you've seen them. They come up on the social media of Donald Trump years ago and all of this stuff he says he would do about becoming president and doing this, that, and the other. And you know what shows he was appearing on? Oprah and Phil Donahue and uh, whatever other shows he was appearing on. These are the mainstream media. Were they angry with him for his views? No, not at all. Were they mad at him because he talked about running for president? No, they encouraged it. And then when he does it, all of a sudden the playbook comes out. I mean, do you guys really think Democrats, seriously, I I just want you to stop and think about this for just a second. Do you really think these people are so stupid as to make some of the comments that they make that are utterly insane? Seriously, do you think they're this stupid to put somebody up like Joe Biden? Do you really think that? Stop. Just don't don't give me a rhetoric because you've been programmed to give me a certain. Just stop and think. Do you think they're this stupid to do that? Yeah, Tim, I think they're that stupid. I don't think they are. I think they're playing the game right along with the media. It's the playbook. It's the WWE. It's the script that they're given to do the thing they're given to drive the support for Donald Trump. And you people think you're getting freedom. What are you getting right now? I played the videos before from Donald Trump that talks about Joe Biden's America and you got the the rioting in the streets and the looting. That's going on in Donald Trump's America. In the America under President Trump. And President Trump refuses to put it down. It's been months it's been going on. Okay. Uh, nobody's looking for a perfect perfect person, uh, Carol. Nobody's looking for perfection. That's not what I'm looking for. I never said that. So you guys, you're the you're the same kind of people. You're the same kind of people that Miss Wright was talking about when I read that piece. Same kind of people. You don't deal with what's put in front of you. You deflect. And you don't address what's put in front of you. You hide your head from the reality in order to make your conscience be appeased. And, um, well, that's what we're here for. We're here to be that little prick that pricks the conscience that says, hey, pay attention right here. Talk about your conspiracy theories. Uh, Bob, you know, here's the thing. It's a funny thing. And it, I get, I, I really, I kind of chuckle. Um, and I would laugh out loud if it wasn't so sad. But some of you come in, you call the names, uh, you blow it off, and you never deal with what's presented to you. Never. You never deal with it. Are you holding Trump on his past? No, Alan. I'm holding him on what he just said last week. I just played it for you. The nonchalant, irreverent nature of calling God the boss. And then because he used Jesus Christ, people think, oh, that means he's a Christian. No, he just said Jesus Christ is more famous than I am. Look, most Jews would say that. Islamists would say that. 
That's not saying anything significant. The point that I'm trying to show you is how you're being used. Christians, you're being used, and you're so easily swayed if somebody holds up the Bible in public, or if they say Jesus, but when you go to what the gospel is, they deny it. They deny it. And again, I'm going to take and I'm going to close with this. A simple question that any Christian I know would answer, absolutely I have, because I can only find forgiveness here. A simple question that any Christian I know, and I'm I'm sure you know too, could answer, I'm going to end with this, Donald Trump can't do. He's got to dance around it. He's got to be like his followers and deflect from the question at hand. Here it is. One more, because you used the word Christian. Have you ever asked God for forgiveness? That's a tough question. I, I don't think in terms of, I have, I'm, I'm a religious person. Shockingly, because people are so shocked when they find this out. Uh, I'm Protestant. I'm Presbyterian. And I go to church and I love God and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. The power of positive thinking. Everybody's heard of Norman and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. The power of positive thinking. Everybody's heard of Norman Vincent Peale. He was so great. He would give a sermon you never wanted to leave. Sometimes we have sermons and every once in a while we think about leaving a little early, right? Even though we're Christian. (laughs) Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, Frank, would would give a sermon. I'm telling you, I still remember his sermons. It was unbelievable. And what he would do is he'd bring real life situations, modern day situations, into the sermon. And you could listen to him all day long. When you left the church, you were disappointed that it was over. He was the greatest guy. And then, you know, he passed away, but he was a great... The, the, he wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, which is but, a great book. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think I, if, I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. I don't bring God into that picture. This is the very picture of where we need God. God is the one who grants repentance. He's the one who grants faith. He's the one who gives us grace. Now, Christian, professed Christian in the chat room, or those who will watch this video later, I ask you, is this the gospel you believe, or do you even believe at all? Because that's what I'm getting at. I'm not getting on who you're going to vote for on November 3rd. What I'm telling you is by having a man in the bully pulpit who puts this out, you are enabling, if you don't call him out, you are enabling the lies about the gospel, about the true Christ, and about God, about the nature of sin, about the nature of man. You're you're denying all of that. You're doing it. And not only you do it, you attack those who come and tell you, this is what he's saying. Here's what scripture says about it. But that's okay. Jesus said that kind of thing would happen. It happens among, as Donald Trump says, religious people. But it shouldn't be happening among those who are Christ's.
James says, where does your fightings come from? They come from the wars inside you. And he says, get rid of that. Norman Vincent Peale, somebody made mention of the fact he's 33-degree Mason. Yeah, and he promoted neuro-linguistic programming too. And his church now uses sodomites and lesbians to teach Sunday school. I'm not impressed by Donald Trump's pastor. In fact, that probably explains why Donald Trump is the way he is. He never got the true gospel. And I would call on people like Franklin Graham and other people in there to give him the truth of the gospel. But sadly, too many of them don't believe in repentance either. In fact, he's got a lot of false teachers around him who preach a health wealth gospel. They lie, they cheat, they steal from other people. No mention of names, but their initials are Paula White. I mean, they give all kinds of false prophecies, fake teachings. So I'm not surprised that he's in that. What he needs is somebody to tell him the real gospel and say, Mr. President, what you're believing is not the truth. And you need to repent of your sin. And you need to embrace Jesus Christ, not as the most famous, but as your Lord, the one who commands you. That's what somebody needs to to give him. I mean, if they love Donald Trump. If you don't love Donald Trump, then you'll just go, oh, you're just a jerk, or I'm just going to worship you anyway, or I'm just going to vote for you anyway because you're the greatest, you're our only Savior, you're the one between us and the bad people and this, that, and the other. If that's what you do. Am I encouraging people to pray for Donald Trump? Absolutely. The Bible says that we should pray for those who are in authority. Absolutely. But some of you people who look at him with goo-goo eyes when you're at his rallies, how about going and speaking the truth to him? This is this is the problem. It is a spirit of antichrist. It is a spirit of Antichrist for which he needs to repent and sadly many of his followers need to repent of. Many of those who profess Christ need to repent of. You're embracing that. And uh, no, it doesn't make me perfect. I'm not as pure as the wind-driven snow. But here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say the Bible doesn't condemn my sin too. That's the difference. Okay? Okay, Randy, I'll put on a red nose for you, okay? Since you have nothing better to offer than that. But the Bible condemns my sin just as much as it does Donald Trump's, just as much as it does everybody who's listening. I don't deviate from that. I hold to that because there's a Savior from sin. His name is the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the one who was prophesied, the Savior of all men. There is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. I pray God will grant those who hear the message here true repentance, as well as our president, and uh, that we might see. And I'll, I'll guarantee you this. If real repentance is given to Donald Trump, nobody will have to tell you he's a Christian. It'll be evident that he's a Christian. It will be very, very evident that he's a Christian. And anyway, you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you 6 a.m. tomorrow for Rotten to the Core Wednesday with Lynn Taylor. Till then, see ya.